What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strack by and joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on youtube.com slash all Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere. You get your podcast today. Fully loaded show for you guys to start off another week. First week of July. We're already halfway through the year, which is bonkers. Vince Williams talking about a possible inside linebacker coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. A former Steelers wide receiver goes off in the USFL championship game. Andrew Villa or Alejandro Villanueva, excuse me, has some uh, very interesting words on Mike Tomlin and an all pro safety who well, talked a little bit of Pittsburgh Steelers on uh, Barstool's bussing with the boys. It is a cloudy morning here in the Berg, but it was a good weekend overall. You were at the Buccos game, watched a great comeback over the weekend, so I would imagine it was a good one. How you feeling, right. my friend? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I, I, that was – I went with uh, – I went to that Buccos game with – so I have one friend who's a Pirates fan, I have another friend who's a Pirates fan, and then three other friends who I don't think could care less about baseball. And even <laughs> the guy, even the people who couldn't do – like don't care about baseball, they – I think at the time of their lives. Um, it, it was crazy. It was a great game, a uh, great comeback, and then – Santana just rips that first pitch and like you, you weren't even ready for it. No one was even like had built up the, you know, Oh, this could be a walk-off right here, but it just yeah. happened all in an instant. But yeah, it was a good weekend. I, I got the Buccos game in. I went to a museum. I got my sports. Oh. I got my culture. I'm, I was a, I was a Renaissance man this weekend. So you I, are I a Renaissance man. What, yeah. uh, what, what, what museum natural history museum? Yeah. Yeah. Art and uh, the the art and natural history. Yeah. Yeah. It's Love the art. best one. Yeah. It's a good one. It's the best one. I tell people all the time. I'm like, if you're coming to Pittsburgh, they're always like, give me off the wall things to do. I'm like, this is the most generic tourism thing you could do. It's the best thing you'll do all weekend is yeah. the Natural History Museum. Yeah, it's great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's a good weekend. Sounds like a great weekend. I uh, I moved not one, but two recliners into oh, my okay, big man. grandfather-in-law's house this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, also good weekend. I'm still detoxing. I feel like I had one glass of wine with dinner over the weekend and my whole weekend was like fried. I felt hammered immediately. The next two days, I was just like, I can't do anything. I have a slight headache. This is terrible. So I'm I'm thinking this is the week that vacation goes away. Real life comes back in. Even waking up this morning, I was like, oh, we got to do the podcast, huh? It's like it's Monday. It's not I can't go have a pina colada. So we're still, you know, we're working our way back. I will say, I think that before we dive into some football, I think the biggest thing that happened over the weekend that I think also kind of threw off my clock here is Twitter decided to take another step in the wrong direction and say that you could only see 600 tweets in a weekend, which are in a day, which means that everybody's limiting themselves on Twitter. Do you have a, were you one of those people that were a little upset about that one? Oh, I was very upset. Well, cause just Twitter's like how I get not all my news, but it's how I get most of my news. Like, and, and I just, I don't. I don't even know how it actually works. The real thing that upsets me is, uh, do you use like TweetDeck at all? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I love TweetDeck, and even that it was like that actually like had survived a lot of the weird changes that had gone on, but it's it's not surviving this one, which is really annoying me. I have to like rethink how I. I don't know. Usually, I just like keep Twitter open on my laptop, and like I just kind of let it run, and like if something pops up, I see it, and I like. No, yeah, this is it, it is changing a lot. It, this is maybe not something I'm very proud to admit, but Twitter, like, kind of going to going to the wayside, is really changing a lot of my life right now. It's, it's oh really yeah, weird. it's yeah. terrible, dude. It's terrible. I uh, and J- Jillian, my fiance, was like calling me out for it all weekend. She's like, I'd be like scrolling. She's like, just remember, you only got 600 tweets, and I'm like, <laughs> you're right, you're right. I gotta get well, off. Like, 
I don't even get it. Can I like just if I click on one, is that how I, or if I just like physically see because I definitely saw I more than six hundred tweets yesterday. I probably seen six hundred tweets this morning. Like I have no idea. I have no idea. I just know that at some point you get the notification and and it's all over. I will say that you know, a lot of people were complaining and, and I'm not I don't feel good about it. I, watching Twitter dissolve in front of us is it's rough, man. It's like that's our life, you know, for the last right. five plus years. I've just been I, d- I didn't need any other social media. I barely go on Instagram. I barely go on everything else, Twitter. And now I'm like trying to like come up with other ways and seeing myself spending more time outside. It's terrible. But the 600, like I'm okay. You know, like I'm okay with having to limit myself and say, yeah, if this is it, like if, if I got to stay off my phone for a little while, I'm right. I'm cool. Cause we easily have to see the notifications alone that I get easily right. 400 plus tweets a day, like right. minimal. So, because it's it's the NFL, it's the NCAA, and it's the NHL. So it's my phone, billion in notifications, and I look at every single one of them. So I got to be pretty close to that six hundred in a day. I'm, it stinks, but right. you know, out of all the things, I think this one is is okay. But genius move by Elon Musk. The guy's gonna be a millionaire by the end of this because eventually we all will cave and get the blue check mark. Oh, I don't know about that. We'll be running out of tweets. We'll be running out of tweets. Blue I don't want to do it. I just I want that blue sky invite. I feel like that's what. Uh, What's blue the blue sky? sky? Oh, it's just like a. Tw- I think it's like the same thing as Twitter, just like an alternative. But you have to get like invited or something by someone who's already on there. I don't know. It's weird. But what am I trying I to? Know. Who am I trying to reach then? It feels like a party. Like um, I don't know. They're like people. Like I saw a bunch of today. Like a bunch of people I follow from like ESPN. I don't know. Like I saw an ESP, a guy who used to work for ESPN switched over today. There are a bunch of other people who I don't know. I don't That's know what I mean, though. Like I'm not ESPN people aren't liking my tweets. They're not well, people watching yeah. the show are liking my tweets. And if they're not on there, I don't want to be on there. I'm good. Yeah, That's fair enough. Fair enough. I think we should. I think we should start our own. We'll come up with it. The all Steelers talk <laughs> social media app. That'll be great. There'd be a lot of people just totally hating on us. But it'd be, it'd be great, as long time. as they're clicking it. <laughs> as long as they're on that's all that matters i feel you all right let's talk some pittsburgh steelers football vince williams came out over the weekend after the usfl championship game which the pittsburgh maulers did not win unfortunately it was it, it was a rough game but at the same time like there were times where it felt competitive it felt like it was it was worth watching it was definitely mm-hmm. worth watching he says that the steelers next linebacker the next player that they will sign is reuben foster inside linebacker for the pittsburgh maulers he had a pretty good year he he Led a defense that finished first in the UCA or USFL, excuse me, uh, with 53 tackles and an interception. And then he had seven tackles, a sack, and a tackle for loss in the championship loss. Not a bad season. He's just under 30 years old. It's been a couple of years since he's been in the league. You think this is a guy that you consider if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers? You think this is a guy that should be on their radar now that the USFL season is over? Yeah, I think so. I think it's someone you can consider. Um, in some ways, I feel like he's a little redundant. Like, I just don't know what he brings that's different to the roster. But, you know, I think the Steelers need some more depth at linebacker. Um, You've got, you know, you were saying before we got on, they have a million receivers and a million safeties and a million offensive linemen, but they're still a little thin relatively at, at linebacker. And even just for competition's sake, for, you know, emergency's sake, like you probably need one or two more bodies in there. Just when you yep. go into training camp and you're and you're looking for guys to really fight and compete and and find the best fifty three you can. Yeah, I agree. You you look at it right now. The Steelers have eleven wide or thirteen wide receivers. 
give or take one because of Anthony Miller. I don't remember if I came up that list before or after Anthony Miller's release. So 13-ish wide receivers, seven offensive guards, seven offensive tackles, 11 defensive backs. Just, you know, there's ways to find one more roster spot. That's the biggest thing here is people are going to say, oh, well, you know, you, you already have six inside linebackers. How many do you need? You typically bring seven into training camp. They're already down like half of an inside linebacker because Cole Holcomb's going to be on a pitch count. So you're not going to see him as much as you'd see everybody else during training camp because of the foot surgery. So you're at five and a half inside linebackers. You want competition for that fifth one. And right now you have two guys, Ruben Foster. I'm sorry. I think Chappelle Russell is, is a talented inside linebacker, but Ruben Foster adds more competition than he would to that position. Nick Kwiatkowski, quiet, Kwiatkowski. Yeah. Quiet, yeah, 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 yeah. Some, somebody gave me the pronunciation in the comments earlier. I tried to get it down. Couldn't get it. I'm terrible with names, but <laughs> he, he'll he bring competition. He has starting experience, but again, he's 30 years old. So what are you looking for out of this guy? Just a, a normal special teamer. I just think that it makes a lot of sense. It's the only position in my head that makes sense for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now is inside linebacker and to come up with a spot. I mean, they're going to change that 90 man roster 800 times during training camp. There's no need to go in there with all these guys that aren't going to, I mean, you can't even, all those offensive linemen aren't even going to get reps. You know, they're not even going to come yeah. close to it because Kevin Dotson's going to take a huge chunk of reps. Nate Herbig's going to take a huge chunk of reps so that they compete for uh, roster spots and positioning on the depth chart. Kendrick Green's going to take a ton of reps because he's going to be fighting for a roster spot and they're going to want to give him that opportunity. Just, you know, there's not, there's not enough snaps for them to say, I'll oh, put everybody in there. And inside linebacker, there's easily enough snaps and you could add another name, especially if it's one that that looks good. I will say this. He doesn't fit the mold of what we've talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers need. He's not yeah. a defense. He's not a coverage guy. He's a he's a run stuffer. He's a go find the quarterback, a thumper type of guy play. He's, he's just a typical inside linebacker. But again, like, I don't know, you know, like PFF named Rashawn Evans as like that other guy. And I think he's the same mold. So I think at this point that yeah. might be all you're finding. Right. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely agree. Like it's yeah. If they're looking for that kind of coverage linebacker, that guy better be on the roster already because I don't think they're really going to find someone else that can fill that role for him. And, and maybe they're just comfortable with what they have and they don't think they need a guy like that. I don't know how confident I am in that, but they clearly haven't been, I don't know, targeting anyone new that, and you know, Quan Alexander might've been a guy who could have done that, but yeah, they seem still like, out there. Right. So I, I, I don't know that I, to me, that seems like that ship has, has kind of sailed already. Like if they wanted to sign him, they would have done it already, but they might just be comfortable with what they have and they might not think they need a player like that, which would be a little strange to me, but yeah. But at know, the same time, that's like what they, like we've said this for two years now, me and you have talked about this for well over or almost a whole year at this point that they need a coverage inside linebacker. Last year it was everybody and anybody, and they came into the season and they didn't have anybody or anybody. They went out and got Miles Jack, who was essentially just what Vince Williams was, just what Devin Bush was. Devin Bush was supposed to be that guy. He never turned into that guy. They used Robert Spillane as that guy. So it just feels like it feels like we think one way the Pittsburgh Steelers see it a different way and it doesn't seem to work out in the Pittsburgh Steelers favor. I will say that, you know, it's tough. Like it's in today's NFL, it's very hard to find an inside linebacker. That's going to be physically capable, athletic enough, have those natural abilities to compete with, you know, like Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or 
you know, David Njoku or, or, you know, Mark Andrews, any of these guys, because those tight ends are just, they're crazy these days. They're pretty much wide receivers. A lot of them are. So it's fine. It's hard to find that guy. It just seems that the Pittsburgh Steelers have like given up on it. They're just like, yeah, well, you know, it's going to be tough. So we might as well just get guys that we feel real good about. And even if Cole Holcomb is that guy, like you don't, you don't want another one just in case. Cause right now it's Tanner Muse who doesn't play defense. It's, you know, not ideal for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I will say that I still think that that it's a possibility that they go out and they get this guy. I think it's a real possibility that they sign an inside linebacker as a whole. If it's Ruben Foster, I think that has a lot to do with whether or not they believe his off the field issues and his injury troubles and all that are behind him. But the connection there, I was going to ask about that too. Like these guys who played in the spring leagues, like, is anyone, and especially for a guy like Ruben Foster who has injury concerns and is 29, going to be going on 30, like, is there any concern about, I don't know, his ability to hold up playing two, se- basically two full se- football seasons in a full count ca- in one calendar year? Like, that, that seems iffy to me. And yeah. I don't think any, I've, I've seen a ton of people talk about that. I agree with that one. It's literally back to like, you're, you're essentially going. This is your this is your rookie season again. You know, everybody talks about how hard that rookie season is because you essentially just don't stop all the way through. That's that's pretty much what's going on right now with with any of these guys that come in from the USF. And the fact that he's coming off, I don't want to say coming off, but he's got the ACL troubles. He's got the age at this point. It is definitely a concerning factor for the Steelers. I don't know if they look at that as like. I don't know, like what's Ruben Foster's like workload if he signs with the Steelers, you know what I mean? Like just a couple of of special team snaps a game, like that's all you're looking at. He's not going to touch the field on defense unless he's better than Mark Robinson, but I think that'd be tough to to beat out. Even if if you're on that line, I think Mark Robinson gets the bump just because they'd like to develop him. I just, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. I think that's definitely there. I think that will play a role. It's just a matter of if they're going to ignore it or not. But I think that goes with everybody. You know what I mean? Like outside of the quarterbacks, anybody who's going from the USFL or from the XFL to the NFL immediately, like you, you have had no wasted time. You've just gone football, 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 whole season. By the end of this year, you've played what? Like 20 games, like 27 games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you play every game, yeah, you're yeah. And then Ruben Foster, two more on top of that one, so you're at 29, and that's before the NFL playoffs. That's ridiculous. Like yeah. that is that's the longest year of your life, and then you're gonna take a year off. Like, and if you're one of those guys, like if you're Ruben Foster and you're 30 years, like you think one season playing special teams for the Pittsburgh Steelers isn't gonna get you, like you're going back to the USFL most likely. Yeah, you know you're gonna do this again. So you're like you're not never playing football ever again. That's that is concerning. I didn't think I've thought about that though. Like when I've, when I've seen when the USFL schedule, like originally came out, my thought was that's way too late into the summer for us to, for these guys to recover in three weeks and then return to training camp. It's just, it doesn't make a ton of sense, but I still think that the, the NFL is going to try, you know, they're going to do their best to give these guys an opportunity. I just, I don't know if, I don't know. I don't know if the Pittsburgh Steelers will be one of those guys. Vince Williams believes that he will be. There's another name, Deion Kane, former Pittsburgh Steeler from 2019, played eight games for the Steelers over the course of two seasons, had three touchdown passes for the uh, Birmingham Stallions. Winners went off, stole the show. Was cool to see that. Yeah, he got MVP, I'm pretty sure. Game MVP. Is, was he MVP? Was he the USFL? So. 
go for uh, game, MVP? the for the championship game. Yeah. 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 I know the quarterback was the one for the league. Who's also, he was a baller. Um, mm-hmm. Three touchdowns. I think it was like 171 yards. Cause he had 101 kickoff yards as well. Yeah. You look at this guy. He's only 26 years old. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not going to sign him. He's not coming to Pittsburgh. You think this guy gets another opportunity? Like at, at what point do you look at a guy like that and say, you know, you've been in the league for so many years now and it just didn't work. And now you're going to do this. Like, do you get another opportunity? Do you believe it'll translate this time? Or do you just look at it and say, this is just a guy that it just doesn't work out like that. Well, I think especially for receivers, there's always going to be someone who can argue, Oh, change of scenery, you know, in our system, you know, he could be really good. Like this guy has some talent. I think also the special team stuff really helps him. Um, Just someone who's, kind of electric, I guess you could say with the ball in his hands, like capable of yeah. making those explosive plays. I think that gives him a real leg up too. Like you said, it doesn't probably won't work for the Steelers. Like it just doesn't make sense for the Steelers, but yeah, I absolutely think this guy gets a chance somewhere. Um, I, I don't know. There are too many teams out there. There are too many roster spots for him to not get invited to training camp. And he's done, you know, done too much to, I think not, not earn that to at least get another look. So I think the craziest part about this is that I agree with you. I think you get that game alone gets him, gives him a look, no doubt. But he finished the season, the regular season with, uh, where is it at? 16 receptions for 182 yards and two touchdowns. That's what he finished the regular USFL season with. So you look at like the, the, the whole thing and you're like, oh, this guy didn't really have a great year and then balled out in that final game. And I agree with you. I think that's enough for teams to say, Oh, well in big moments, this guy, you know, he's good for something. Those three touchdown catches, by the way, were all very good, impressive catches. Not oh, yeah. one of them. Like not one of them was single covered. Like he, I think no. he was double covered on all of them. At least toe tapped two of them. It was, it was, it was, it was an impressive showing 26 years old. Yes. I agree with you. I think at some point somebody's like, Hey, we got to get this guy just to give him an opportunity to come in here. I mean, like, Dude, you look at his his career, like his resume. When he came to Pittsburgh, it was impressive. He played with Deshaun Watson, and who was Deshaun Watson's big? What was it? DeAndre? Hot? No, it wasn't DeAndre. Uh, Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Thank you. At Clemson, went to Philadelphia. I believed. I believe had a couple of like he's got fifteen games of experience. He's got six games of starting experience under his belt. Like he's done this before. He's yet to catch a touchdown. I'll give you that one, but. For those two years, you know, he was only he was only in the league for three years. He was, he was drafted in the sixth round in 2018, played in 2019, and then played in 2020 for two games. And then that was it. So at this point, you're three years removed from the league. You're only 26 years old, and then you just had this performance. Like, I agree with you. I think somebody's just going to be like, you know, the, the best thing you could do as a bad football player who's like on the verge is to take a break. And, you know, people forget that maybe you didn't work out in the NFL and then they give you that next opportunity or like, you know, maybe he's evolved, blah, 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 million reasons. I think that he he could find himself somewhere. I hope he does. He was a cool dude. I remember that in 2019. He was a real nice guy. Not going to be Pittsburgh. You know, hope it's not somewhere in the AFC North because the Steelers just don't, you know. If he does turn out like that, that's the last thing you want to hear is that right. is the memes of Pittsburgh getting rid of him. It's like, it wasn't his fault, man. Duck Hodges was throwing this guy a football. It just, yeah. it doesn't count. But yeah, his, good for his, Kane. yeah, his year with the Steelers was real weird. Like it wasn't. Oh, it was, 
that season does not count, you know, in the grand scheme of the Pittsburgh Steelers and everything the Pittsburgh Steelers have ever done. And the 2019 season just did should just be eliminated. Like it doesn't at one point, the Pittsburgh Steelers walked out an offense with duck Hodges. Jalen Jalen Samuels was their starting running back with Benny Snell jr. As their backup running back. Um, Deion Kane started at wide receiver with, Juju was hurt for a little while, so I don't even remember who the other guy was out there. Nick Vanette was their starting tight end. <laughs> yeah, like it was it, it was wild. I have never – that was my first year. That was my was first that year the, on the beat. Was that the year Miles Garrett uh, bonked? Uh, yep, yep, that was Mason, the Miles yep. Garrett, Mason Rudolph year. Yes, it was. That was after. That was later in the season. That was um, – Doc has it, – it went, it went Mason took over. Mason got concussed, I believe. Doc went in. Duck took over. Duck gets benched. Mason goes in. Mason gets smacked in the head with a helmet. Duck so goes Mason back had, in. Mason had been concussed earlier that year before he gets knocked oh, over the head with a helmet. That was the scariest year. Like, you know, people want to make fun of Mason Rudolph. I, you know, not going to get into that right now. But that year for Mason Rudolph, his first concussion was not just a concussion. He was knocked out cold by Earl Thomas. Like, they had to take his helmet off on the field carry him like they picked him up. i remember like zach banner had one arm somebody else had the other banners crying as they're like walking him off the field it was it was a vicious vicious hit and then mm. later in the season he gets smoked by miles garrett yeah it was it was a rough year man like if you yeah. went to any doctor after that one they'd probably tell you all right you should probably take take a little right. bit of time off from this because this is getting right. dangerous like right yeah wasn't kenny pickett's concussions it was brutal brutal concussions that year yeah. yeah 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 rough year for mason and he got benched twice now once once and then in the jets game oh and then he finished off his year in the jets game he, he hurt his shoulder broke his uh, i don't know if he broke his collarbone but he hurt his did something to his collarbone and that's how he ended it and then duck had to go back out there it was god damn i know dude rough year for mason rudolph man rough rough year for mason rudolph terrible all right let's talk Another throwback player for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Alejandro Villanueva, recently went on the Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey podcast, New Heights, talked about Mike Tomlin. What he had to say was very interesting. He had a lot of really good things to say about Mike Tomlin and the man that he is and the person that he is. But this one quote stuck out to me specifically. Mike Tomlin is one of a kind. I think sometimes I get a little pissed off when I see him because I know that he could have a much bigger role in society than being a head coach. He's got incredible leadership skills, incredible charisma. And then he obviously, you know, went on to talk about like how he how he helps people, blah, 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 how good of a person Mike Tomlin is. We know all the things about Mike Tomlin. That quote really because I'll I'll tell you this. Villanueva was there for the first two years that I was on the beat, and I've never met somebody more intelligent in my life in an NFL locker room than Alejandro Villanueva. The dude would sit there, talk politics. If you had like a real good question. He would give you like a really, really well thought out, sophisticated answer. And you're just like, this guy knows mm. way more than I have. He's obviously, you know, decorated army hero. The guy's, you know, an icon. He's the, he's a dude to say these things. I think it holds some ground, but for us, when you saw that, when you heard that was your thought, Oh, do you, maybe Mike Tomlin could change the world a little bit or, are you thinking, ah, okay, let's calm it down. He's a football coach. Let's not get crazy here. Yeah. Um, I kind of fell more on that side, on that that later side of <laughs> he's kind of a football coach. I mean, like, 
I'm just always wary about like you always see like the you know t-shirts or whatever where it's like you know Andrew McCutcheon for president or something like that. It's like you know I I think Mike Tomlin's real smart. I like I don't disagree with anything that Villanueva said. Um, I think Mike Tomlin's real smart. I I think the leadership qualities are obvious. Um, I just I get real wary about like you know saying whatever local celebrity or something, someone <laughs> should should run for office or something like, I don't know. Just seems like dangerous ter- territory to me. And then I also don't think like Mike Tom would want to do that. No, which, no chance. Which is part of what, like I, there's a popular theory that like, you know, the people best fit to, to run, run the world don't actually want to, like they don't want that kind of power. And I think that's like, I think there's a little bit of that in Mike Tomlin where maybe he would be good at it, Maybe he'd have good intentions and, and make good decisions, but I don't think he would ever – like, I think he really likes his job now. I think that was kind of his calling, and he found it, and he was really good at it. And I, I, I can't imagine a scenario where he thought would – where, first of all, that Mike Tomlin would kind of have the ego to say, look, I, I can change the world. I can be <laughs> – I you know, I can affect societal change like that. Yeah. Uh, and then also just like the desire to leave a job that he is very comfortable in and very stable with and that he seems to like. Yeah, it doesn't have any. I mean, he's got no hair to lose, but doesn't have any gray hair over it. You know, right. I agree. I will say this. I think that if Mike Tomlin was given if that if you had to pick knowing the people that I know and somebody gave me a list and said it was like the NFL 100 list and they said, name the top 10 people that you think could save the world from all the the bad things happening in it. Mike Tomlin might be on that list. Like he, he just, he might be on that. Just knowing what I know about Mike Tomlin as a leader, as a human, you know, I've never once in my life outside of Le'Veon Bell for like 20 seconds and like, like random running backs from the, from the Steelers in the past that like, just like hate the world. And I have this juror against Ben and Mike Tomlin besides those people. I've never, ever heard anybody say anything negative about either of them. All they talk about is how great, how much they'd run through a wall for Mike Tomlin, how consistent he is, how vocal, how perfect of a leader he is. I think I think I would consider possibly putting him in charge of fixing the world for like 10 seconds. Do I think that he would ever do it? No chance. No. Mike Tomlin would laugh in the face of that job in two seconds and say, are you crazy? I'm the, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is what I want to do. I'm fine. I do not need to go run a country, run a world. That's the other. I don't think it could be a country. I think it would have to be like, he'd have to be like dictator of the world. Right. Like for this to actually work, you know? And I think, I think, you know, I think there's a good shot that maybe it does work because people by the end of it, will just be like, you know what, man, he's, I don't know what it is, but the way he talks got me. It got me. The bigger question, how many Tomlinism, like what Tomlinisms, the standard is the standard can mean a million different things when you're trying to run the world. But like squirreling these nuts, that gets people going every single time, you know? We want volunteers, not hostages. That that could could get some legs. That that could could go real negative real fast, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's first scandal, yeah. Yeah, that could get a lot of of people in trouble real quick. Um, There's, yeah, the Tomlinism. Imagine, dude, imagine if like Joe Biden you know, or, or whoever, whatever world leader you want to put out there walks up to a podium and just starts. He's like, you know what? When we got red paint, we're going to paint the barn red. And you're like, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. The votes would be 
in that I, there's the next question. If he, if it was a vote, okay, Mike Tomlin, somebody put Mike Tomlin on the presidential ballot. Does he win? In Pennsylvania for sure. Um, oh, easy. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Among NFL coaches, I feel like Mike Tomlin's got to be up there as one of the. Do you have another one? Like, uh, well, you know, Andy Reid, I think, falls in the same boat. Oh. Like, I think he could do a good job, but he definitely does not want to. No, no um, chance. No chance. <laughs> and Mike Tomlin might do it just because he feels obligated to do it. Andy Reid would, there's no chance. He would, he wouldn't yeah. even, he'd be like, are you, no, I'm good. Yeah. I'd rather retire. Yeah. 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 Andy I'm trying Reed, to think Mike of who Tomlin. else would, uh, I don't know. That's yeah. Tough. I like it like, is Bill. Tough. Bill's not doing it. No, and, and Bill, I don't know if I'd want Bill. Nah, Bill's not doing. Bill. He's not doing a good job on that one. It's gonna. Other the people like I don't know, like Sean McVay or Pete Carroll, they'd be the most annoying politicians I think I've ever. Sean Payton might be. He might get. You know, then he got the whole like bounty gate thing though. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't want. You that gotta guy worry yet. about if things are gonna get real hostile real quick. That could. Yeah. That one could get bad. I think those are the only two. Like if we're really making a. A full list. It might just be Mike Tomlin and Andy Reid, with like a, a maybe a backup of Bill Belichick, just because like right. people would fear him, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, I, I wouldn't even feel good about it. You know, like I'd be like, oh, man, Pete, Pete Carroll, I could definitely see. Like Pete Carroll, I, I could that, see maybe. I don't think he'd be like. I don't think I would vote for Pete Carroll, but I think Pete nah. Carroll would be. There are people who would vote for Pete Carroll. Yeah, I could see Pete P. Carroll being up there too. That might be the that might be it though. That like that might be the whole list. It might be a very short. And I think that the first two, I think Mike Tomlin holds a very high like it's it's a significant drop off even before Andy Reid. But yeah. after Andy Reid, I think that dip is is like falling off the edge of a cliff. Is drastic, drastic. Definitely. Yeah, I could see it though. Mike Tom, he brings up Villanueva brings up a good point. I was glad that he brought it up. I was glad that it came out after all these years. Do you think that he's ever said that to Mike? You think he's ever been like, Coach? Oh, no way. Why don't you don't, just go run? So. You don't? No. I don't know. Because Mike Tomlin <laughs> would laugh, like, laugh in his face. Like, I don't think he knows that. Um, yeah. I think that's probably what made him a little more pissed off. Yeah, but I, I agree. Like, the fact that Villanueva, like, if, I don't know, if, like, I'm trying to think of some random Steelers player, like, if uh, if Vince Williams like said this or something, yeah, like, it would either. definitely have less legs. It would carry less significance than Andre Villanueva, who you know yeah. has some worldly experience behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it literally, literally served in this country, and you mm-hmm. know is has done just like remarkable things at all times. And then yeah, for him to yeah, exactly. If like Ben came out and said it, you'd be like, okay, buddy, we got yeah, it. Thanks, right, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Villanueva was the only one actually, like top tier. Rocky Byer, maybe, but even him, he's getting old enough where you're just like, okay, mm. relax there, pops. <laughs> Villanueva was a good one. It was a good one. All right, last thing I want to talk about here. Kevin Byard, Titans tight or Titans safety, excuse me, went on busting with the boys recently, Barstool Sports Podcast, talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers, said that uh oddly enough, he uh grew up a Steelers fan and actually was a little pissed off at them. During the draft process, he, he told Bussin' with the boys, I remember being at the Senior Bowl. The Steelers were one of the only teams that didn't meet with me. I was kind of hurt on it. I was kind of hurt about it, excuse me. And I love Mike Tomlin, obviously. I got a lot, a lot of respect for him. But at the same time, I knew they needed a safety. And then he went on to tell the story about how the Steelers, six picks before 
Byard was actually selected by the Titans. The Steelers drafted Sean Davis. Clearly didn't work out. We all know the story of Sean Davis turned into Minka Fitzpatrick after an injury. The rest is uh, a sad story for Davis, a good story for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Still, Byard talked about the Steelers. This whole conversation started as they talked about, you know, potential other teams that he could go to if he is released by the Titans because the Titans want him to take a pay cut from his, I believe, $19 million cap hit this season. Named the Pittsburgh Steelers as like, hey, you know, like I did grow up a Steelers fan, possibly. You look at that, you say, hey, that's, you know, if you're holding on to that, maybe there's still a possibility here. You're still looking at it as like, okay, what are we doing? Why do we, you know, Taylor Lewan's got to let go of the Pittsburgh Steelers stuff. Yeah. Um, look, if he's not willing to take a pay cut for the Titans, I can't imagine why he'd be willing to take a, pay cut for the Steelers, you know, even if he grew up a fan, I, it'd be a, I think it'd be a really good fit, like football wise, like obviously, oh yeah, yeah. I'll take the all pro safety. That's, that's nice. Um, but yeah, no, if he, I don't know if he wants $19 million or more, Steelers don't have $19 million to throw around. Um, so yeah, it doesn't really make sense from a financial standpoint. It, it is kind of a bummer. Like you think about there were a couple of Steelers teams like immediately after he got drafted that could have used a player of his caliber, uh, caliber in the back in the defensive backfield. Like he could have been, I I want to say like a game changer. Like I don't know. There, there were some. So he was drafted in twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. Yeah, I believe twenty seventeen. Yeah. I mean, you just look through like the. You can just like go through Sports Reference and look at like where the Steelers. Where the Steelers ranked in pass defense in seventeen and eighteen, and those were good teams. Like that was those were like league leading offenses that were just quite frankly undone by really bad pass defenses. And yep. having an all pro safety back there probably could. have. I mean, they're at least playing in one more Super Bowl probably. Yeah, yeah. If not, oh, it's if not having one one. Yeah, it's a total game changer. Like that was the. Like you look back at it, dude, and it was like the Artie Burns, Ross Cockrell years. And yeah. you're just like, what would those teams be if it wasn't Artie Burns, Sean Davis, and Ross Cockrell? You know, if Morgan Burnett didn't have to give it a shot in Pittsburgh and see what happened, you know, Mike Mitchell didn't have to give it a shot and see what happened. I think Mike Mitchell worked out just fine, I guess, but like But he was like one of the we was like yeah, one he, of the best players in that secondary, and that's he not, was the best player in that right. secondary, and it was the and he never played again after the Steelers, which shows you exactly. I guess he played a year with the Colts, but it's still like it was the end of Mike Mitchell, which shows you how bad that was. I agree. I think that that changes everything. And on top of that, like, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe because you already have Terrell Edmonds, but maybe you don't draft Terrell Edmonds if you have shot or if you have. Kevin, Kevin Byard and whoever you picked up afterwards. And maybe Minka Fitzpatrick still becomes a Pittsburgh Steeler. And then you're rocking the Minka Fitzpatrick, Kevin Byard in the safety position with, you know, eventually Patrick Peterson and Joey Porter Jr. and Levi Wallace at court. Like, imagine, imagine where they are right now. And don't get me wrong. I think Demonte KZ is a great safety. I think Keanu Neal is going to be very impressive this season. But I mean, it's not, it doesn't hold any ground to Minka Fitzpatrick. And Kevin Byard, like what that could have been if they actually did draft him over Sean Davis, which I think of anything, you know, unfortunately just shows how bad Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert were at drafting defensive backs like they were. I've never seen a coach GM combo that has just missed so many times in the secondary and just 
continuously tried just like oh, maybe this guy nope this guy stinks too like it was just right. miss after miss after miss what could have been as for him signing right now i agree the steelers have like 13 million dollars in cap space they could obviously clear up a bunch more if they need to but to go out and get a guy for a position that they already have filled with two guys i mean it just doesn't make a lot of sense like at this point we're talking about like is trey norwood the odd man out which last year like trey norwood was like a guaranteed spot. You didn't really know where he was going to be, but you were hoping he turned into something. Now you're talking about quality guys who might be on their way out of Pittsburgh because there's not enough depth at the position. There's just no need for, and, and I get it, Bayard's an upgrade at all times, but you'd have to move Keanu Neal to like a full-time inside linebacker. He'd never he'd never play safety. Right. Demonte yeah, KZ would be that guy. Yeah, it just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, it really does, which is kind of, you know, it's kind of a shame. I mean, like, Bayard like is going to if the Titans don't want to pay him, someone's going to pay him. Oh yeah, uh, and I don't know. He would be a really good fit. I, it would make an already. I think it's going to be an elite defense, like even better. But yeah, just you can't. I don't know. It doesn't seem worth the effort to, to try to clear the cap space for a guy who, for a position that you like, you said you've already got filled, and I don't know. You've made you've made your moves. Like yep, yeah, yep. No need for it. No need for it, unfortunately. If they went out and did it, phenomenal move. Will they go out and do it? No, no. Unless he hits the open market and Omar Khan makes phone call and he's like, hey, you want to sign here for like $7 million? He's like, yeah, right. sounds good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, be, that'd be quite a hometown discount. I guess is he cool. from, he's not from Pittsburgh, right? No, nah, he's not he, even from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. He just grew had, up a. Did he explain how he grew up a Steelers fan? Was it just. Everybody grows up a Steelers fan. Just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just what it is. If you don't grow up in Boston, okay, you well, like I don't know. There, well, I there are a bunch of people I know of who grew- like not not that I grew up with, but like people whose parents like weren't from Pittsburgh, but they grew up in the seventies watching football and yeah, when the Steelers were awesome, like it was. So if they didn't, I have a team that they were already cemented with. They were just like, okay, I'll go with the team who wins a lot. And yeah. The way I look at it is if you were a if you were a defensive player or if you were uh, somebody who wanted to play defense in the NFL, if that was your dream, if you grew up in the early 2000s, which is when Bayer grew up or the 70s, you were a Pittsburgh Steelers fan because that was the defense. You know, like you wanted to be Troy Palmolo. You wanted to be Ryan Clark. You wanted to be James Harrison. You know, that's who that's who you you wanted to play for Dick LeBeau. Like that's who. You just became a Steelers fan because of that. I think he did say that he admired Troy Palmalu, but like everybody admires Troy Palmalu. Right, right, right. You know? that's <laughs> Nobody's that's like, like being a you want to know who I hate, man? Troy, Troy Palmalu. Yeah, that guy stunk. Like, who, yeah. who needs him? Um, nah. Yeah, it's just, well, it's also just interesting how the Steelers kind of carried a little more, maybe it's because of how good they were in the 70s, but a little more like cultural power than like, like those, there were good Ravens defenses in the, yeah, in the 70s. In the early they were all, like, like the Patriots, I don't think carried that kind of that kind of weight. I'm trying to think of who else was good around then. Um, in the 70s? No, in like the 2000s. Oh, the early 2000s. The Eagles, the Eagles yeah. were real good, but they, I mean, some people did, but even so, like, no, it was kind of like a Donovan McNabb to thing. Like, if you weren't, right. you liked those guys, but you didn't like the Eagles. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I will say that Ben said it a couple of years ago when the Steelers beat the the Cowboys in Dallas. He said uh, that the Steelers are America's team. Hmm. And I was like, oh, but at the same time, like somebody had to say it like the, the Steelers, oh, yeah. the Steelers well, are America's team. Well, I'm I don't know, like, I think the America's team thing is kind of obnoxious from Dallas. It's annoying. So, like, yeah, I, I, I'm fine with anyone taking shots at that, but I don't know if there's 
an American. I don't know. Team. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to say that they're like you know like America. I don't. I don't think anybody should be America's team, but I think that they are. Like if you were to add up the fan bases of all the teams, I think the Steelers have the largest one. And if they don't, they're whoever's yeah. first is going to shock me, and it's going to be neck and neck. I would. It'd probably be like Dallas or something. Dallas would be up there. They would be the other one that I think would be, like it'd be a close one too. But I think also if you like pulled how many people, like who's the most hated team in the country, Dallas would also be up there. Oh, and I think the Steelers would be very close as well. I think yeah, the probably. Steelers would be, you know, it's just, it's what kind of, you like. But Dallas, yeah, don't remember, Dallas is annoying. Like, the, <laughs> even my buddies who are Dallas fans, I'm just like, okay, man, I don't care. They stink. Okay. Yeah. Dak Prescott isn't good. In a week, you'll think he's good. And then you'll think he's not good. It's the best. It's, just, it's the same thing. Dallas fans, right. I will never compare them to Steelers fans. I'm not looking for the show to end or for everybody to hate me. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't so we're think not, it's, yeah. We're not doing that. But, they're probably one, two most liked, most hated teams in America, and which is, you know, which is cool, which is probably how Kevin Byard became a Steelers fan. Long story short, full circle. Yeah. Here we go. And with that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcast and like this video. Find all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com and all of our pit coverage at InsideThePanthers.com. We will be back on Wednesday. Enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg. Peace. <laughs>